Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Sports Ethos Kings podcast. This is Jill and um, we have some, you know, exciting news in the last couple of days. We jumped um, in the lottery for the fourth time in uh, 26 years. So a lot to be excited about there. Um, I, I know the uh, opinions are already flying on uh, social media. Um, but I will just say, and I, you know, was saying it on Twitter, but I'm just excited for all the options, you know, regardless of who you think the pick should be, whether you think they should make the pick, trade the pick, um, being at four provides you, you know, almost every opportunity possible. You could have one of the top three dropping. You could have a team wanting to jump up similar to, uh, you know, the Atlanta and Dallas scenario a couple of years ago with Luca and Trey, if someone likes a, a Jay Nivey or, you know, a shade and sharp, someone else enough that they want to jump and make sure they get their guy and the Kings are completely sold or they can get a two for one out of it. Again, it brings a lot of options. Um, you have other teams out there like Charlotte who might be interested in, um, you know, homes for a, you know, they're, uh, I think it's 15 and maybe a wing. Cause they have a bunch of extra wings. Um, you have Washington really needed a point guard, so they could offer trying to jump up to the four and maybe you can work out a, a three team deal there. If you don't feel that, you know, someone like maybe Kuzma or any, you know, of their other, uh, plenty of fours, if you don't feel like that's enough to move to four, which I agree, um, maybe you can work out a scenario, you know, with the Blazers or someone else that's in that, um, you know, seven to 10 range and, and work from there. But again, it, again, it just brings you, there's so many options on the table, so they can either get their guy or they have a lot of, uh, trade opportunities to work with. So again, exciting stuff. We also just saw uh, Mike Brown make his first coaching hire and you know me, um, I love these things. <laughs> and so, uh, Jordy Fernandez, um, a great name, very exciting. And, um, something that, uh, you know, it was from a Denver post article, I believe in 2018, um, they had Fernandez working on, um, teaching the nugget style of play, spacing the floor, playing through their big men on offense, ring, 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 Sabonis, um, along with protecting the paint, defending the three-point line, um, 
all things that he used to teach um, back when he uh, coached in um, the then D League, now the G League. Um, but really, really cool. And again, we always talk about, uh, you know, the relationships between these guys. And so I'm going to, you know, read you um, a story that the athletic did. And they did this piece when Jordy was actually up for the Cavaliers job in 2019. But what this does is this gives you his background and his relationship with Mike Brown and how it all started. So in the summer of 2009, Fernandez was visiting the U.S. from his native Spain as a counselor at Impact. He spoke English with a heavy accent and was assigned to the younger players at the camp, including Elijah Brown, Mike Brown's son. After sitting in the bleachers for five days, silently working Fernandez, watching uh, Fernandez work with Elijah, Brown was ready to take a leap. He wanted to invite Fernandez to Westlake for another week of private workouts. Fernandez accepted, but he didn't realize he was saying yes to a tryout. That week, Elijah um, was gung-ho. He was so excited about working out, Brown says. They went twice a day. I didn't have to tell Elijah, hey, you've got to get ready to go. Elijah was always ready to go. They had a great relationship right off the bat. I love Jordy's whole approach. Brown was ready to make the offer for a furnished apartment, $500 a month, and Brown's Range Rover to drive. Fernandez could leave Spain, where he was working toward a doctoral degree at the National Institute of Physical Education, and come to Westlake, who would be Elijah's personal coach and also the coach for the Ohio Basketball um, Club eighth graders, Elijah's AAU team. So again, never underestimate being at the right place at the right time and what that could do for you. But besides just coaching that AAU team, there was another thing. It was going to be located in Independence, Ohio, where the Cavs trained. Fernandez would have total access as Brown's personal assistant. His responsibility was Elijah, but he would sometimes shuttle his younger son, Cameron, to an event because he had one of my cars and it wasn't like he was working 24-7, Brown said. One of the things I told Jordy, I said, I, um, I said, what I'll also let you do is you can sit in on every single one of our coaches' meetings as long as you don't have something to do with Elijah. You can come to every single one of our practices and watch. You've got carte blanche around here because you're working for me. Um, Brown says he was so excited about that to be around an NBA team, let alone LeBron James. And it was pretty exciting for him next. So that's kind of how it started. Now, um, Brown's offer was a no brainer for Fernandez. He flew back to Spain where he was studying to drop out of school. He said goodbye to his family in Badalona, his hometown, and was back in Westlake by September of 2009 shuttling Brown's boys in the Range Rover and staying in an apartment behind the McDonald's. A few days before the start of Cavs training camp, forward Danny Green, some draft picks and non-roster invitees were looking to get in a workout. Most of Brown's assistants and player development staff couldn't be found. So Brown suggested that Green go find Hernandez. Again, that shows how much faith Brown has in Fernandez that he's sending these guys out there. So the shades were drawn in Brown's office. So he wasn't watching Fernandez. He wasn't even watching Fernandez um, put green and the aspiring cast through drills, but then general manager, Danny Ferry was watching and he was impressed. Ferry came out of his office, stood and watched and barged through Brown's door. 
who's the Spanish guy working out our players? I'm thinking Danny's going to be like, he can't be working out with the players. Brown said, Danny goes, he's really good. Do you want to hire him? I'm thinking hire him. That's going to save me some money. Hell yeah. I want to hire him. The workout concluded and Fernandez stopped in to see Brown. There was a ringing in his ears as Brown spoke. He only half heard Brown say that he just earned a job with the Cavaliers. The gig, as Brown explained, was to work in the video room as an assistant player development coach. Fernandez was still to coach Elijah and the AAU team, and he'd catch up on his work with the Cavs later if the two were ever in conflict. Now, as Brown goes on to say, I'll never forget when we told Jordy that he should go coach the G League team. At first, he thought it was really that he really didn't want to do it because he thought it was going to be a step down. We're telling him it's really a step up. You're too young to see it and understand it now, but it's going to increase your profile and it's going to give you an opportunity to be looked at in a different light. Him having the opportunity to be a head coach and people seeing him as a head coach was the thing that, in my opinion, got him over the hump in terms of possibly getting interviews or being looked upon as being one of the next young head coaches in the league. And Brown was right on. Um, in 2019, he started getting uh, interviews. This one was with the Cavs. Uh, he was being looked at by the Pelicans. And there's another really good article there. I recommend you go finding, um, finding it um, from the, the Bird Rights Group. Um, but he's been credited with development in Denver, um, with Jokic, with Monty Morris, um, with Jamal Murray, uh, with Malik Beasley at the time. Um, again, like he's, he's been on staffs with some of the best and, and Wes Unsell Jr., um, Chris Finch, as we saw. Um, he started with uh, Jensen when he was that G League coach and then was the head of the G League team, but Jensen's now on the bench uh, with the Jazz, uh, Jamal Mosley. But again, part of your relationship thing is Fernandez was on the bench with Mike Brown in Cleveland. So was Mike Malone. Mike Malone gets the, gets the Sacramento job, then gets the Denver job. In Denver, he brings Jordy over um, to, be his, to be his assistant. Well, before that, Jordy was an assistant with the Cavs, and he was part of that championship 2016 team. So if you're wondering, hey, why didn't Mike Malone bring him to Sacramento? Well, Jordy had a much better gig and with the Cavs at the time he was rooming with um oh shoot who was it uh Trent Redden who is the assistant GM uh with the with the Clippers also a Sacramento native um but yeah he he won a ring there he was part of that winning team so it, it never made sense if there was an actual interest to bring him to Sacramento um but when they went to Denver there was an interest and he got to be um, the number three guy. And so, um, once, uh, was unsold left, then Adelman jumped up, then Jordy jumped up. Um, but again, so you're seeing that these relationships with these guys and how important they are and guys getting their own guys, guys that they trust, um, you know, and that's something we continuously bring up. And Mike Brown, he discovered Jordy essentially, um, and, and that trust is there. And Mike has been not shy in advocating for, for Jordy to, you know, get his shot and opportunity. Um, and so this will be the first time that Jordy's actually an associate 
outside of being an associate with Brown with the Nigerian uh, basketball team. And so you saw them be able to do that with the, uh, with the Olympics this year. And so he was an associate there and, um, yeah, you saw that, uh, Nigerian team was, was really good, really well run. Um, very exciting. And so I'm happy Brown, you know, essentially kind of got his guy right. And, and bringing in a guy that he can trust and you're getting a guy who gets started in the video room. Um, he's been a player development coach his, his, since he's come here, um, he's had that head coaching ability too, as well in the G league. I haven't seen any player say anything negative. So we get, so again, it's just an assistant, um, but it's exciting. It's a good name, a respected name. And right. We, we wanted these younger names out there. That's Jordy, right? Like, again, a lot of the other things that we liked about these young coaches, he just hired one of them to be, to be his head, you know, his head assistant coach. And so, um, I think again, leaving, uh, a Denver, yes, he's getting a promotion, but not everyone accepts him. So I think that again, speaks highly of his relationship with Mike, um, what he thinks he could do with this place. And again, it's a notch on his belt. (laughs) And I'll finish with one thing that I like that, um, he said was, at the end of the day, it's Fernandez's job to explain the sets and execute them in practice. This is while he's with the Nuggets. While instructing them and building a relationship that can translate to buy-in is critical. Fernandez's business-first approach to coaching forces discipline in its execution. Do it again, Fernandez said, as reported by the Post, and don't fuck it up. What Jordy said. So again, just that's a little bit of background. Um, from assistant coach Jordy Fernandez. Uh, we will wait and see what else, um, you know, uh, transpires uh, on his staff. But again, uh, a great first, a great first grab and congrats to Jordy for getting this opportunity. Um, the only other thing I'll say on the draft stuff is uh, just remember these kids, you know what I mean? It's 18 to 21 year olds. I know we have all our opinions, but I I would say keep an open mind. Um, when it comes to everyone, I know we all love our opinions and all that, but also remember, um, no one's guaranteed to do anything, uh, you know, one way or the other. And so, um, I'm excited to, you know, the combine starting. So I'm excited to start seeing that stuff coming through. Um, the individual workouts that, you know, will be coming out, you know, we see some of the, um, you know, depending on the, what agency they're with, we're seeing some agency workouts. Um, but I think jumping to four, again, it just brings a whole new, you know, um, opportunity to this group. And, uh, I'm excited to learn more about all these guys. Um, you know, I've been doing a lot of the coaching stuff, so I haven't been as much into the draft and now that they jumped I'll you know, start getting into it more, but I'll say this off the bat too. I don't pretend to be an expert in this stuff. Um, 
I'll say what, you know, I like and what I don't like, but at the end of the day, I'm rooting for all of these kids to succeed. And I just know that whoever it is, whoever it is, this place cannot miss. And whether that's drafting someone, trading for someone, whatever it is, this place cannot miss because if they miss, it's goodbye Monty on the last year of his deal. It's almost guaranteed to be a goodbye Fox and goodbye Sabonis. So I mean, this is, this is make or break for this group because I don't see how anything lasts if this, if it doesn't work out this year, if you don't see a significant improvement, whether that's playoffs, anything else, I I don't know because I don't know what, you know, the final West is going to be. I mean, if this team is well over 500 and they somehow miss the playoffs, you know, to me, that's still improvement. I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not asking for God to be fired at that point because that's, you know, a 10 to 15, probably one improvement. And, and he did what I would have wanted to do. And it's just, everyone else is that damn good. Um, but at that point too, I would think that, you know, if you still had Fox, a bonus and guys like that, those are guys seeing improvement, but if, if it's another, you know, 31 season and it, and it falls apart, I just don't see how any of these, you know, big names last. So it's, it's a make or break moment for, uh, for Monty, this org and, uh, everyone involved. And so as usual, I just pray that, that it falls into place and that, yeah, the basketball gods gifted us, you know, an opportunity at four and, uh, this place, um, doesn't mess it up this time. So uh, again, um, thanks everybody for listening. And as we uh, start getting more news um, about workouts and things like that, I'll be having some more guests on. Um, As more coaches are announced, I'll be hopping on, you know, and talking about them. So again, I thank you for listening and uh, have a great night, everybody.